Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, March the 6th, 2023. We're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 65, the third paragraph. We went back through our lives reading through until our moments of triumph were short-lived. So we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jim F., 12 Traditions, Nancy T., and readers of the text, Penny E., Claire E., and Tamara C. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, March the 5th, is 20. 21. That's 20021. OA Preamble. O Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jim F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. So these are the 12 steps. Uh, We admitted we were powerless over um, over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Jim F. And Nancy T. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Nancy. 
Thank you, Lynn. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Lewiston, Idaho. <clears throat> the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works. On page 65, the third paragraph, we went back through our lives, ending with our moments of triumph were short-lived. Penny E., could you get us started, please? Absolutely. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny E., recovered in South Jersey. Excuse me. We went back through our lives, nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. Okay, well, the fourth step, um, and we're on resentments. 
you know, I had, I was excited to do the four step. I hear so many people talking about fear and dreaded four step and so on and so forth. I wanted recovery so bad. I wanted transformation so bad. I was excited. And, uh, I, I always think about Maynard Jean Krebs. If you if you know Maynard Jean Krebs or Dobie Dobie Gillis, he always used to say, "Work, work, work." He used to recoil as if from a hot flame, and um, I didn't recoil as if from a hot flame. I was really I welcomed it. So uh, I'm excited to share about this because it's really part of the transformation. Part it's a big part of the transformation. We know that we cannot recover with resentments. Just to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. And I had this continual finger pointing at everybody else, you know. They did this, they did this, they did this. And that's why I'm fat. You know, that's why I can't stop eating. And the usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Uh, I recently heard at a meeting that victims don't recover. Victims don't recover. And as long as I kept putting uh, my my good feelings in the hands of somebody else, I wasn't going to recover. I kept eating. Um, so um, I'm trying to think where. Oh, so so part of the transformation. So one of the things once once I realized that I could put these people on the list and that I could learn that they were not the ones that was responsible for for my for my disease you know i was the one that was just that was responsible for my disease and i also like that it says as in war the victor only seemed to win only seemed to win our moments of triumph were short-lived you know i I thought that was the best thing to point out that everybody else was wrong. I didn't realize that I always seemed to be winning. I was I was suffering. I was absolutely suffering with this disease. And until I could have the transformation and do this work, I was not able to recover. So thank you, everybody, for letting me share, and I hope you all have a great day. And thank you, Penny E. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, which would be Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Nessa R. Melissa C. Rachel K. Rachel K. Tamara C. Tamara C. Priscilla H. Okay, let me just tell you. Let me tell you who I heard, please, because I know I missed some people. I heard Nessa R. Melissa C. Rachel K. And Tamara C. Who did I miss, please? Priscilla. Judy B. Loretta H. Okay. Thank you. I've got our lineup now. I heard Priscilla, and there was somebody before Loretta H. Who was that, please? Jane B. Jane B. Okay. So we have our lineup. Nessa R., Melissa C., Rachel K., Tamara C., Priscilla H., Jane B., and Loretta H. Nessa R., Please get us started. 
Hi, thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. It's Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I can't believe that I get to share on such a popular, hot topic, um, especially because it's so relevant to me. I was away for three weeks, and I came, this is my first meeting in three weeks, and I came back with a 10-step, like, three years long um, you know, self-pity and victimhood were my neighborhoods. This is, this is where I lived because it was so much easier for me to blame everything and everyone else for the, for, for the fact that my life sucked than to take responsibility for my life, you know, to make it the best possible life I could make it. Um, I just hid between, uh, behind, sorry, you did this and he did that and this is not fair and things shouldn't be this way and it's not right. And it was a miserable life. Um, and, you know, these past three weeks away were very, very challenging. And I went back there. Like, I haven't experienced these feelings of self-pity and victimhood in such a long time. I've been recovered over 11 years and I, like, I can't remember when was the last time that I felt like this. You know, and this is because I am putting my well-being on the actions of other people. I'm depending on them doing the right thing, saying the right words, acting the right way, according to me, of course, for me to be okay. And that turned me into a victim again, and it's a horrible place to be. Um, you know, I, I did a comprehensive step 10 with my sponsor as soon as I got back. I spoke to, you know, a bunch of uh, fellows in program who gave me a lot of very wise words. And I hope, I hope that I'm out of that yucky place that I don't want to go back to because my life is my responsibility. And the only thing that my well-being depends on is my trusting and, and reliance upon God. You know, as long as I trust and rely on, and rely on God, I know I'm going to be okay, no matter what people do, no matter what people say, no matter how things go, whether they go my way or they don't go my way or they go totally against my way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I say this is, this is what God wants. What would God have me be in this particular moment? And when I do that, balance returns, self-pity like in the, the promises, this self-pity slips away. I'm no longer a victim. And now, now I can, um, I can, I can breathe. You know, I'm not oppressed by that, by that, you know, state of mind that it took me so long to get out of. And I could only get out of it through the work of the steps. And it's no, no, no wonder that when I did the 10th the step and spoke to people in program, things starting to look a lot saner and a lot better. So it works. It really does. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Melissa C., you're next, followed by Rachel K. Good morning, Melissa. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much, Lynn, for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a compulsive overeater. I live in New York and recovered. Um, thank God. You know, I look at this um, this part, and it's, yeah, thoroughness and honesty. Like, I have to look at it all. Like, it says, go through your life. And, you know, my experience was, like, at first that made me nervous, like, to look through my whole life. But, yeah, I thought, great. <laughs> you know, now I'm going to get some insight on 
who I can blame. Like, I want to find out who did this to me. Um, And, like, I'm a self-centered, you know, my sponsor taught me the term king baby. And when you're a self-centered king baby, it's really appealing to point out all the ways that other people wronged you. And, you know, for me, part of that appeal was I'd gather up the evidence and prove my point. Like, see, you know, see, look at how I was wrong. And look at how I was wronged, not how I was wrong. (laughs) Um, And I had really great sponsors along the way who I try to, you know, emulate and learn from. They And here's what they did. They said, um, yep, perhaps you were hurt, (laughs) you know, and they offered me compassion. But they didn't enable me, and we didn't dwell too long on proving my point as to how I was hurt. Um, And that's what I try to offer, too. You know, the more I fight to have my way, the worse matters get. And when I experience my life as a fight, you know, I might be able to win a battle or two. But the price is that I have to live my life in a fight, in conflict, and that that's certainly not peace. That's certainly not serenity. You know, um, if there's a battle and I'm certain that I'm right, um, and by the way, I always think I'm right because I can only see it through my lens. I only see it through my filter, through my perspective. Um, and I can't live my life in the lie that my happiness is going to be based on having my way. And what I've found out um, is that, you know, when I feel like I have to have my way for someone, you know, like me, I have to stop having a way. I have to put down the rope. I was taught, like, if I'm pulling on the rope, put it down. Um, And I think, like, that's, you know, that's the beauty of this process, um, that we actually can put the rope down. I can take a breath. I can put the rope down and, you know, because the inventory just doesn't end, thank God, with the list of how they wronged me, because then that would be their inventory. And it's not, it's mine. And so, you know, the next paragraphs are going to tell me really the direction. Um, Thank God for the directions. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Rachel K., it's your turn, followed by Tamara C. Please go ahead, Rachel. Thank you so much. Um, hi, this is Rachel Kay uh, from Indiana and um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And for me, it's important for me to look at what this paragraph says, what the big book actually says. Because when I first came into this, and I've had sponsees also come into this looking at this way, saying, yeah, but people actually did some really bad shit to me, pardon my French. And the big book isn't denying that. Yes, people have done some really shady stuff. And But what the big book is saying is, you know, if that's as far as we get, if if that's as far as we get, we're not going to be happy. This paragraph shifted my whole, like my whole way of thinking about life, the whole way I grew up. And I'm not blaming it on my parents, but I did come by it honestly that the way I framed everything was whoever is right wins. If you're right, you win. And no, the victor only seems to win. It's like, because if I'm right, and if that's as far as I get, I'm never going to be happy. Never. Not as a compulsive overeater. 
you know, maybe if I didn't have this disease, maybe, and that's an arguable maybe. Um, but I have to look at, okay, so this person maybe objectively, maybe if we all took a vote, this person did something pretty bad. But if I hang on to being right, if I expect them to be somebody that they're not, um, then I'm going to stay in this resentment. I'm going to stay in this anger and I'm going to stay in the food. So, you know, I have to look at my part, even if my part is expecting them to be somebody they are not. They are not somebody who's going to follow my script. And you know, quite honestly, a lot of times, I think my script is a pretty good script, you know, but that's the point is it's my script, not God's script. I have to let go of my script, good good as it might be, because it's mine. And when I took step three, right before this step, I agreed to let go of my script, to let God run the show, not me, no matter how good I think my script is. The other thing that I want to point out in this paragraph that I, I like is it says sometimes uh, it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. To me, and this is just my interpretation, that is saying that yes, if I, I can have a resentment against myself. And when I do, you know, when I did my four step and when I do my daily written 10 step, sometimes I have to write, a, I'm resentful against myself. And I, I do it in kind of the same way that I would a resentment against anybody else. Um, because, you know, I believe just like God does not want me to hang on to, you know, anger against anyone else. God doesn't want me to hate and be angry at any, any of his kids. And I'm one of his kids. And so if I have a resentment against myself, I need to work it through just like I would somebody else. Time. So thank you for letting me share our path. Thank you, Rachel Kay. Tamara C., you're next, followed by Priscilla H. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. This is Tamara C. I'm grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater today, and I live in Missouri. And I, um, the first thing that comes to mind when I read this paragraph is how uh, when I first came to OA, and I just was so full of self-reliance and I'm going to work this program perfectly. And one of the tools is literature. So I bought all the literature, including the big book. And I did read it, but I didn't study it. I didn't get it. And I remember on this page, seeing this list of who, I'm, who am I resentful at, I thought, what? why would I dwell on, on who I'm mad at? What does that have to do with me stop eating? And um, I didn't really get that I was so full of resentment. I just uh, was in the habit of denying my feelings and I didn't want to look at who I'm mad at. And um, I didn't know that there's more instruction to come. That this part on on page 65 was just like, you keep it real simple because the real growth, the real healing and the real freedom comes uh, as you read the instructions for the rest of the the uh, fourth step, the resentment inventory, and so uh, this was really key to me when I when I saw this. Like, oh, this was as far as most people got, but the, uh, there's more instructions. So uh, this part about going back through with thoroughness and honesty, um, I, I'm glad that it was helpful to me when someone pointed out that it doesn't say perfection, 
And so um, it was also really helpful to me when uh, a prayer was given to me where I can just ask my higher power to help me, give me the list and know what to put on my resentment inventory. Um, that was really helpful. And yeah, this part about the world and its people are often wrong, that, that, that's helpful to me because, you know, sometimes I think, yeah, but they are wrong. They are wrong. And, and the big book doesn't deny that. So that's true. But I am an addict, and so I can't afford to get stuck there. My life depends on dealing with my response. That's the part of this inventory that really counts, that really matters, is my response. I've got to uncover my patterns. And my, my old way is to spin on how to change the people that I'm mad at, how to convince them that I'm right. And if that's as far as I get, then what's the point? I'm powerless over people and circumstances. So um, pay attention this week because the good stuff is coming. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Tamara C. Priscilla H., it's your turn, followed by Jane B. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning. Thank you so much. I'm Priscilla H. in New Jersey, grateful to be physically recovered and in every other way recovering uh, from my various disease conditions, um, but never cured of my addiction. And I just love, love, love the previous share. Uh, In the previous share, I heard exactly the things that I wanted to say. I'm so glad it says in the book, nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. It doesn't say but not perfection. It doesn't say perfection. Nothing counted but perfection is not in there. Thanks. Good. Thank goodness. Um, I've, the first time I attempted to tackle <clears throat> the house cleaning steps was back in um, 1987, and I knew very little. I knew almost nothing, but I knew I needed to do these steps the best I could, and so I wanted to do it right. Of course, I wanted to do it perfectly. And all that stuff about Mr. Brown and Mrs. Jones didn't make any sense to me at all. It had nothing to do with me or my dilemma <clears throat> in life at that time. So I read uh, everything I could find in the AA Big Book and in the AA 12 and 12 and in the Little Red Book and the Al-Anon 12 and 12, uh, so forth and so on, read everything I could find about how to do step four before I even tackled it. And um, I was sharing that with a person in in the meeting that I was going to um, at that time, the once a week meeting. And, and um, I told this fellow um, what all I was reading and doing and he said Pris there's no wrong way to do it just do it and so I did I jumped in and I did step four to the best of my ability and on with the other steps and I'm continuing these days to do it to the best of my ability and I like to say "Ah," I like to believe and hope it's true that I don't work the steps I live on the steps today and it has radically transformed my life, is radically transforming my life, one day at a time, just for today, and it's always today. 
So thanks for letting me share with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Priscilla H. Next, we have Jane B., followed by Loretta H. Welcome, Jane. Hi, Lynn. This is Jane B. from uh, Durham, North Carolina. And I just started listening uh, last Friday. And I just wanted to tell you how thankful I am. I had 12 people text me or call me last Friday after I um, I I joined and I was overwhelmed. I never get these many calls from uh, church groups. So <laughs> thank you so much. I finally realized, I've been in the program five months and five days and I've been abstinent 17 days, but um, I'm on my way to recovery. This has been such an unbelievable learning experience for me. And I love, love all of you guys, you girls of, I just, I'm just speechless with the amount of information that you guys, you girls give me and um, to live on. I wanted to uh, just comment on um, as, but the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. And um, I believed in, my higher power for decades, and um, excuse me, I actually wore, wore out Psalm 51 because I used to confess a lot of the things in step four for years and years, and I did get healing to some, but when I did my, I just am, just started doing my step um, five with my sponsor, and it took about an hour just to get through one. And I get, and I know this one thing, excuse <coughs> me, that I wanted to go to my grave with. But um, when I confessed it to this other human being, I can't tell you the transformation that I've um, that I've had and the freedom. It's just, it's overwhelming. And doing step four for me, I actually had a panic attack, and uh, I had called my doctor. Um, literally, and she said, well, maybe you should put away aside for a little while. I'm like, no way. I am not doing, I am going through with this. I don't care how much it hurts. Um, so, um, yeah, um, I've been abstinent off and on. I went, I think, 90 days, and then I slipped a couple nights, and then I was abstinent again another um, 14 days, and then I slipped. But I'm still very hopeful um, that the 12 steps is going to bring me through. I'm so, I'm, I'm just grateful. I just have to say that, and I'm just going to qualify for today. And thank you so much for the phone calls. I have a lot of sisters I need to call back and talk to. So um, I thank God for a friend that told me about a vision for you. Time, please. And I will. I will be on this 7 a.m. meeting. Thank you. I'll Thank pass. you, Jane B. Loretta H., it's your turn. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Lynn, and good morning, everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. Uh, honesty, that's the first thing I was grateful enough to 
understand when I came into the rooms that I was able to give somebody my food honestly, but then there's more work to be done. And this fourth step is, um, as the lead said, I was kind of excited about it because I wanted to, first of all, I thought I could just call out everybody who did something wrong with me, but then, you know, the causes and conditions and what was my part. And what I did was I claimed, I did not shame, I did not blame, and I did not complain. And that's the more I do these steps, the more I claim, the more I learn about who Loretta is and who God wants me to be. And that is such a great gift. Uh, Last year, I went through the steps four times because of a situation that I was really angry about and thought that, excuse me, that was my husband sneezing. Oh, here we go. Um, But um, I just have to claim my part, look at it as um, a, a kind of a learning experience and then move on to the other steps. I'm such a fan of the steps, but also of going through them very, very quickly so that I can understand where God needs me to be. And then I can use the 10 and 11 and my 12 to pass on this message, which is really the immunity against my first body. And I find that um, in the process, I have grown, I. I found out in my first four step, which was amazing, and did not claim it until I did my first, my anorexia, and that really is my actual um, spiritual malady when it comes when it's my physical spiritual malady, and that is where um, I when I every time that I have a situation, I usually go there, but I don't use that. Um, defensive character. So these steps just make me grow exponentially with love of God, uh, usefulness, honesty, and um, authenticity and purity. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 65, the third paragraph. We went back through our lives. We're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, then step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once, as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Kim A. Kara B. from Michigan. Okay. Out of every... Thank you. Got our line up now. Out of everybody that I heard at the beginning there, I only heard Kim, Kara B., and Ramona A. Who did I miss, please? Lulu L. Anyone else? Okay, we've we've got Kim, 
Kara B, <laughs> Ramona A, Lula L, and I have space for a couple more. Lynn, Lynn Renee H from Montreal. Elizabeth D. Great. Okay, there's our lineup. Thank you so much. So we have Kim, Kara B, Ramona A, Lulu L, Lynn Renee H, and Elizabeth D. Good morning, Kim. And we can we have the initial of your last name, please? Hey, good morning. This is Kim A from New York City. Um, step four has always gotten such a bad rap. To me, it always just seemed like this big black cloud. You know, this process where I was going to have to spend maybe months, like, pouring over my life and reliving traumatic events and just this whole big, like, emotional overhauling. And when I got a sponsor to take me through the steps as they're written in the big book, not as they're written in the OA literature, not as they're written anywhere else, because we know that the big book is our clear-cut directions how to work the steps. And so when I did it the way that they're telling me to do it, it's this kind of objective, judgment-free way of taking an inventory. It's based on fact, right? It's not based on me looking at how bad I suck or how bad other people suck, and I'm not doing it right if I'm getting caught up in my emotions. Because the whole point of it really is not to purge myself of things that have happened in my life. It's more about getting these things down to get down to these causes and conditions, right, of why we go to Food for Ease and Comfort. That's what they tell us in the big book. I never went to Food for Ease and Comfort because of outside triggers, because of specific ingredients, or because of anything else. It's all about our thinking. And so if I can get my thinking down in my step four, my step five is where my sponsor helps me see that there's a way to look at things differently, right? That if I'm living in resentment, it's not because people have done things to me. It's because of my perceptions, right? And when I start to become aware of how my thinking is my problem, not to say that people don't do terrible things, not to say that everybody else is right, but it's not about that. It's about me. This is about my recovery. This is about looking at how my attitudes have me living in self-pity and resentment and dishonest thinking and fear. And these are the things that cause me to go to food. So if I can become aware of that in my step four and five and have my sponsor show me that there's a different way to look at things, which I'm powerless over, right? I'm just as powerless over my thinking as I am over my obsession and compulsion with food. But the following steps teach me how to give this over to a higher power and how, and how my higher power can then help me over time start to see things in a different way. And that's what the psychic change is. It's a, for me, it was a gradual personality change that came about from really from time is where it began. Okay, so I'll wrap up. So this is Kim A. in New York City, and thanks for letting me share. Bye.
Thank you, Kim A. Kara B, it's your turn, followed by Ramona A. Good morning, Kara. Good morning. Thanks so much. I'm Kara B from Michigan. I really appreciate the part of this paragraph that says that to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got, and the usual outcome was that we continued. Um, let's see. Um, the people continued to wrong us, and we stayed sore. I just, I, and I that was my whole life pre-recovery. I was resentful at the universe, and it was everybody else's fault. It was um, my external circumstances, and I was I am very very good at being a professional victim. But God wants better things for me. He wants to deliver me out of the bondage of my fear, my resentment, my anger, my self-pity, my self-seeking, and my dishonesty. And when the problem is within myself, and I can change it, as long as my well-being has to do and is tied to anything external, anyone else's actions, any external circumstances, that I'm in bondage, and I can never be happy or have peace, but God wants peace for me. And the wonderful thing is when I work these steps and do the work and surrender the things to God that I'm powerless over and change what is in me and how I perceive the world, when God changes how I perceive the world, that revolutionary spiritual awakening, then I have peace and freedom regardless of external circumstances. And that is so awesome. So yay for the steps and yay that there is a way out and that there is a solution. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Kara B. Ramona A., it's your turn, followed by Lulu L. Please go ahead, Ramona. Uh, Good morning. This is Ramona A. in Vermont, a recovered compulsive overeater, and thank you all for your service. Um, This is really an amazing topic for me this morning. I've actually done many four steps in my life, and they've all all, um, been healing in some ways, but there's there's a couple areas of my life that have continued to be, well, what can I say, a torment to me, Dave. And they've continued to, um, for whatever reason, you know, the people that were involved in them happen to still be in my life. And they're still our problems. So I've come to understand that it isn't, what they did or what they're doing or anything like that. It's it's how I am receiving it, how I am responding to it. It's the fact that I'm remembering these resentments because that's, these people are being who they are and I'm the one who is being the victim and I'm allowing myself to be the victim and I understand that more and more deeply all the time and I understand that that's not healthy way to be and it's not a way that's going to heal me and it's not a way that's going to give me any peace. So I'm reworking the steps. I'm reworking it with a a deeper honesty. You know, I always thought I'd been honest and I and I had as much as I understood, you know, of course. And we you know, this I'm trying to work it at a deeper honesty, uh, with more prayer, with more trust. And know that, yes, God does have a healing for me afterwards. God does not want this for myself or for for anyone else or for any of the people I love. Um, So all I can say is to, you know, continue to 
persevere for people who seem to be stuck on something and keep working at it and go to a deeper level, you know, with, with love, with prayer, with honesty. And I know there's a healing for us at the end of the tunnel. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ramona A. Lulu L., it's your turn, followed by Lynn Renee H. Good morning, Lulu. Good morning. Lulu L. in Florida, recovered for today from this horrible disease, though I am grateful for it because it's brought me deeper into myself and into my relationship with God. I have to say the first time I went through this, <laughs> this fourth step, and that sentence, we went back through our lives, nothing counted by, but thoroughness and honesty. I was like, woohoo! I get to bring the axe down on my second grade teacher and my aunt and uncle and my parents and, 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 right? My list was very long of all those people who had caused me harm, in my opinion, at that time. I've, when I read that sentence, the world and its people were often quite wrong. And then to conclude that others were wrong was as far as I ever got. It was as far as I got until I sat down in front of my sponsor. <laughs> and she was like, wait, 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 let's back up. Let's back up. And we talked about my part. And that really got me twisted because I'm like, wait a minute, what part can I have as a second grader? But, of course, there's always a part that I can look at, parts that I can be grateful for, parts that I can now have more compassion and understanding and love for. And I learned that the resentment that I was carrying kills the container in which holds it. And I was the container that was holding all that resentment. And so until I was able to look at that thoroughly and completely, you know, I, I couldn't move forward. I couldn't get well. So it's true that this world and its people were often wrong, but I am one of those people in the world, and I am the one who is often wrong. And people do continue to make errors in judgment, <laughs> to make mistakes, to speak rudely, or whatever the case may be, to behave poorly. And it doesn't do me any good to remain sore. It only does me good to forgive. And I also learned that guilt, my guilt, just about my part, wasn't helping to heal me either. So I had to learn to give that away, Un, unclench my tight little grimy fists and give it away to my higher power, to God who could take it from me, and to ask forgiveness not just for them, but for me as well. So I found, for me, that the fourth step was extremely freeing. And I'm still doing fourth steps in the form of 10 steps. And I just recently went through the steps again with my sponsor. And I... Okay, I'll wrap up. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for a vision for you. I'm grateful for my wonderful sponsor. I'm so, so grateful that I'm one of the kids of God. Thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you, Lulu L. Lynn Renee H., 
It's your turn, followed by Elizabeth D. Welcome, Lynn Renee. Oh, it's so cold. My nose is running. <laughs> I'm walking, and I'm so happy. It's been about two weeks I didn't come to uh, to come to this meeting with you guys, and I needed this meeting. I love the person that shared that was a professional victim. <laughs> I think I was the director of the job. Oh, my God. This weekend, I heard someone, a member, say, we are all <laughs> immature, perfectionism, um, sensitive rebels. Well, I agree with that because I'm the, the Jane of Arc. For myself, but for everybody, when it's the justice must preside. And if it's not the justice, I am coming after you. And you will not forget what you did. But the thing is, is that I'm the one that has the thinking that is really making my soul die. I've been after somebody for about almost a year in my job because he got the position I should have had. And you know, it's so weird because I'm still after him. Now it's been a month I've let go. Finally gone. Thank you. But I didn't even want the job. I don't like that job. <laughs> but you know, we need to be justice. And this is why I, I, I love these kinds of meetings because it makes me remember that it's all about my thinking, my perception on things. Like, my perception is that people were doing wrong to me. Maybe they did, like, for a week. But I continue being wrong with me for almost a year. I'm the one who suffered. I'm the one who was crying all the time. And why? For something I don't even want. So this is really amazing. This program changed my life, is changing my life still. And, uh, oh, my God, thank you so much for your service. And because of you guys, I can now see what I can't see all by myself in my living room all alone, saying life's not fair. Instead, I'm changing it by thank you so much for this opportunity to grow. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass and take care of yourself, your recovery is the most important thing for me because you give me hope that it, this can work. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn Renee H. And Elizabeth D., please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> My name is Elizabeth D., and I am in Cincinnati, Ohio, Eastern Time. Um, when I... Before I got to program, before I got to these 12 steps, who, <laughs> which revealed me <clears throat> to me, um, I'm pretty sure my life had revealed me to others, and of course God knew everything anyway. Um, I really thought that all my deep resentments uh, were the cause of my uh inability to function at a level that I knew I was capable of. Um, I thought that my resentments were um, justified. And, you know, in a certain way, there were um, 
there were things that happened to me in my childhood that I had every right to be angry, but I didn't have a right to continue to be angry. And, and, you know, I remember hearing people say, you've got to let it go. And I'm thinking, I understood that intellectually, but I thought, how in the hell do you do that? So when I first came to the fourth step, um, you know, 20 years ago, I had an experience with the third column that completely broke open um, and showed me why I couldn't let go of these resentments. Um, I was, you know, as it says on page 65, I am resentful at, well, I'll give an example of my mom, the cause, alcoholic, abusive, neglectful. Um, I spent my life believing that that, you know, the book is asking me the cause of my resentment. It isn't saying that it's the cause of the third column. Um, and it also uses the word affects with an A rather than effects. So, you know, my third column is all of my old ideas, my fixed ideas. You know, mom should be a different way. Um, and I, what I learned is, that everything in the third column uh, is exactly what causes me harm to myself. Um, you know, it says people wronged us and we stayed sore. And that that's true, um, but it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel uh, low self-esteem um, because of, you know, what was in column two or the person in column one. <clears throat> this is Everything in column three was what I brought to the table of life. And when I came to see that, uh-oh, there's my timer. When I came to see that that was a, that's what was responsible for the pain I was carrying, it, it changed everything and broke open the floodgates of forgiveness and, um, and healing and change. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth B. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Monday, March the 6th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 20022. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Claire E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Lynn, and thank you to everyone for a great meeting. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. 
May God bless you and keep you until then. Okay, if you would like to join us in the serenity prayer, please press star one to unmute. God, God. 